Part 2 Alaron's Choice Chapter 17 It was an impossible situation. I was alone. Alone on an alien planet. Scared, sick at hearts, and overwhelmed. I flew high above the scene, floating on my six pairs of wings. I was in Morph, a four-legged, two-armed Andalite transformed into a twelve-winged Kafit bird. Below me was the horizon-to-horizon expanse of the spaceport on the Taxon homeworld. Huge, weirdly shaped metal cradles nestled a stunning array of spacecraft. Craft from every corner of the ever-expanding Yurk Empire. Transports and fighters, and even a vast Yurk pool ship, sitting like a bloated three-legged spider. Half a mile to my left was the Skrit Na transport we had chased to the Taxon world. Inside that ship, unknown to the Yurks, was the Time Matrix. Half a mile to my right was the Yurk transport ship we had seized in orbit. It was loaded to the brim with Yurks in their natural slug-like bodies. Big round tubs of Yurk slugs. Yurks I had saved when Alaron ordered them destroyed. And right below me was the Jahar. She was like a work of art stuck in a junk pile. She glowed, beautiful amidst the clumsy Yurk vessels. And there, stepping from the Jahar, were the two odd creatures called humans. The one called Chapman shoved a helpless bound Loren. She fell before the feet of Subvisor 7, the Yurk in charge of security. The Subvisor was a hork controller. That's what I have to trade. Chapman said. A whole planet full of... that. A hundred yurks in different forms. Huge, glistening, worm-like taxon controllers. Dangerous, bladed, hork controllers. Clumsy, gud controllers. All stood watching with bated breath. Where was Arbron, my fellow Arths? Where was Warprince Alaron? The last I'd seen of them, they were in Taxon Morph but the two-hour time limit for staying in one morph had passed. I could only hope they had demorphed at some point. Alaron should be dealing with all this. I complained bitterly to no one. Alaron was the war prince. He'd been in wars before. He had fought in the hork War. I didn't know anything. I was a nobody. Okay, Alfangor. Calm down and think. But how could I be calm? The Yurks were seizing Loren and roughly hustling her away. Chapman was trying to communicate with Subvisor 7. Then it hit me. Chapman knew. He knew about the Time Matrix. If he found a way to tell the Yurks, we were all done for. Okay. Okay. So I had to do something. 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 But what? What should I do? This was madness. The entire fate of my people rested on me? On me? Priorities. Okay. Okay. What was most important? Rescuing Loren. No, no, that was absurd. The Time Matrix. Everything came down to the Time Matrix. Was Chapman going to tell the Subvisor about it? No. It was Chapman's biggest bargaining chip. This human was like the Skritna. Self-serving, greedy, and very, very strange. The Skrit Na are made up of two races. The Skrit look like huge insects and are somewhat less intelligent. 
but the script each eventually weave a cocoon, and a year later, out pops a gnaw. The gnaw stand on four slender legs, have heads shaped like andalites, but only possess two eyes. All the script gnaw care about is owning and possessing things. And it seemed the human Chapman was the very same way. So I truly believed he would not give up the time matrix just yet. I had time, but not much. The subvisor would be kept busy with Chapman, attempting to talk about Earth. Like any Yerk, Subvisor 7 would be fascinated by the possibility of an entire planet of sentient creatures for the Yerk Empire to enslave. Think, Alfangor, think! I couldn't count on finding Alaron and Arbron, but if they were still alive and free, they would reach the same conclusion I had. Go for the Skritna ship and its cargo, the Time Matrix. I turned in the air and flapped my many wings hard as I headed toward the Skritna ship. Below, I saw Horkbashir grab Loren and pull her to her feet. They yanked her up by her golden hair, and a human cry of pain floated up to me. Priorities, Elfangor. Loren, it's me, Elfangor. I called down, focusing my thought speak on her alone. I saw her jerk and turn her head around the way humans do to see behind them. Stop! Don't move! Don't make them mad! Don't worry, I'm using private thought speak. No one else can hear. She stopped twisting around and kept marching forward between her Horkbajir captors. Tell the Yurks whatever they want to know. Don't resist. Just one thing. Don't mention the Time Matrix. If they get that, it's all over. You have to trust me. I will save you. Of course, the human Loren couldn't answer. Humans don't have thought speak. Like most species, they make sounds to communicate. I could only hope she would trust me. Right, she should trust me. Would I trust some alien who'd landed me in this mess? I could only hope. She had to keep quiet about the time matrix. I knew Chapman would. I flew hard for the Skritna ship. At least I had a goal now. That helped. A little. And I just wouldn't think about the insanity of it all. I would just put all that out of my head. The Skritna ship was being fussed over by Ged controllers. Geds are clumsy, loping creatures. They were the first species the Yurks infested. Only low-ranking Yurks were still stuck in Ged bodies. These Ged controllers seemed to be busy checking the Skritna ship for whole damage. I had to get aboard that ship, and I had to fly it off the planet. No problem, Alfangor. Just steal the ship from the middle of a Yurk spaceport and fly it away without getting zapped. No big deal. I landed in the dirt beneath the ship's cradle. It was dark and filthy down there. Endless debris and trash had been shoved in over the years. They had apparently even emptied ship's sewage reprocessing plants through ton- They had apparently even emptied ship's sewage reprocessing plants there. The smell was overwhelming. I demorphed amid the fossilized remains of sewage from a dozen species. Not pleasant but it was a good feeling to get my Andalite body back. I cowered behind the massive support pillars as I watched my four legs grow from four of the Kafit's wings. Two other wings became my hands. My sleek bird head grew large and sprouted my twin stalk eyes, while the bird's own two eyes became my main eyes. 
The remaining wings shriveled and disappeared, as my long, wispy bird tail became my swift, powerful andalite tail. I was so pleased to get my tail back. A bird's body can be pretty helpless. But unfortunately, I couldn't stay in andalite form. An andalite walking around on the taxon world, surrounded by nothing but various types of yurks, would be just slightly obvious. Slightly obvious, as in I'd have been dead ten seconds after I walked out of the shadows. I had only one way to go. I would have to resume the taxon morph I had acquired. The taxon DNA was still a part of me. It always would be. I swallowed my fear and loathing and began the morph. As I felt the huge warm body grow and felt the screaming, desperate taxon hunger rise within me, I tried to form a plan. A plan to save my world, my friends, and Lorraine all at once. I was halfway into taxon shape when I heard the shuffling, slithering sound of a taxon. My stock eyes had already morphed away, but I still had my main eyes. I turned to look. It was just a dozen feet away. It must have been lurking in the darkness. It had only to scream for help, and I'd be taxon lunch. Then, to my surprise, the taxon spoke in Andalite thoughtspeak. Alfangor, is that you? Arbron? I cried. I was flooded with relief. I wouldn't be alone. I had Arbron with me. We'd never exactly been close friends, but at least he was one of my own. Yes, it's me, he said. What happened to you? I asked. I lost you and Alaron in that terrible feeding frenzy. For a few moments, Arbron said nothing. His silence drew a chill up my half-formed body. I guess we got separated, Arbron said flatly. So, we gonna rescue this time matrix thing or what? Hero time, huh? Yeah, hero time, I agreed. But there was something wrong. Something very wrong. I could feel it. Where is Alaron? I asked. I don't know. I lost him in the crowd. Just you and me, I guess. Come on. Let's do it. Let's save the world. <laughs> Just like you planned, eh, Alfangor? Alfangor the hero? He seemed to alternate between being flat and emotionless and sudden bursts of manic energy. Maybe it was the strain, the fear, and the vile creepiness of inhabiting a taxon form. That had to be it. Nothing to worry about. Just stress. If I end up being a hero, you'll be one too, I said. Besides, let's just see if we survive first. Yeah, survive, he said, flat and emotionless again. Come on, Alfangor, finish morphing. Chapter 18 You have a plan? Sure, I said. We bluff. We tell those get controllers up there that we've come to fix the computers. Then we fly that sorry Skritna ship away. I wanted to sound casual, nonchalant, the way the fighter pilots always sound when they are describing some terrifying battle. Like it was no big deal. Arbron stared at me through red jelly taxon eyes. Okay, lead the way, he said. 
Arbron and I slithered out from beneath the ship's cradle and motored our rows of taxon needle legs up the ramp to the ship itself. Just a pair of bored taxon technicians going to work. Totally calm. Or as calm as any taxon, even a taxon controller, can ever be. There is simply no way to explain the awful hunger of the taxon. It is beyond any hunger you've ever imagined. It is constant, like a screaming voice in your head. Screaming so loud you can't think. Every living thing you see or smell is just meat to you. You hear beating hearts and smell rushing blood, and the hunger almost takes over your body. And when someone is injured, when there is blood spilled, well then, as I knew personally, the hunger is all but impossible to resist. I had come within a haunch hair of eating an injured taxon myself. Not something I wanted to remember, but not something I'd ever forget. Don't hesitate, I advised Arbron as several geds turned to blink curiously at us. Look like you're on your way to work. Shut up, Alfangor, Arbron said harshly. Again, I felt the chill of fear. Something was horribly wrong. But there was no stopping now. I pushed rudely past a ged who was in my way. The ged controllers looked resentful, but they had no reason to suspect us. We were taxons. They had to assume we were taxon controllers. We looked like we were here to work. No reason for them to be at all suspicious. Except that one of them was. One of the ged controllers stood right in front of us, seemingly unimpressed. He spoke in Gallard, the language of interstellar trade. It sounded hard on his ged tongue, but I could understand him. What are you doing here? If it was hard for the ged to make Gallard sounds, it was almost impossible for me with a taxon's mouth and tongue. But I couldn't use thought speak. I might as well announce that I was Andalite. I had to try to speak Gallard with a three-foot-long taxon tongue. So I tried. Which was not even close to being the sounds I wanted to make. What I had meant to say was computer repair. But the taxon's tongue was so long that it would be hard even if I was used to using a mouth to make sounds. The ged stared at me with its tiny yellow eyes. pad. He pointed furiously down at a small computer pad attached to his wrist. Some kind of translator, Arbron said. Some primitive version of our own translator chips. Let me do it. He reached with one of his weak two-fingered taxon hands and pressed several buttons. From the pad came a disembodied voice speaking Gallard. Computer repair. The ged snorted angrily. Taxon writers think you own the planet. Arrogant as Horkbajir. Arbron and I shoved past him into the Skritna ship. Unfortunately, it was so cramped and low that we could barely drag our massive bodies inside. The bridge of the Skritna ship was identical to the Skritna ship we'd boarded to rescue the two humans. There were two cocoon Skrit glued into a corner. They wouldn't cause any trouble. They didn't look ready to hatch into Na just yet. And there was an active script, what Loren had described as a giant cockroach, 
scurrying around, almost friendlessly, polishing and cleaning. There were no gnaw that I could see. Aside from the script, the bridge of the ship was empty. So far so good, I muttered. I'm going to close the hatch. We'll demorph, power up, and be off planet before they know what's hit them. Yeah, okay, Arbron said. Ready? Yup. I focused on my breathing, trying to fight the raging taxon hunger and my own fear. Okay, do it! Arbron punched the pad to close the hatch door. It slid shut and made a snug vacuum seal. Shroom! I focused all my thoughts on demorphing. I wanted out of that taxon body. The two of us could barely move in the cramped bridge, let alone fly the ship. The idiot script kept banging against me, unable to find a way to go around. I demorphed. I shed that vile taxon body as fast as I could. I felt the awful hunger weaken and my own andalite mind rise above, freed of the taxon's impulses. Thump, thump, thump. The geds were pounding on the hole. What are you doing? Open up. I ignored the noise and punched the engine power. The main engines began to whine as they powered up. And then I realized it. Arbon was not demorphing. Arbon, what are you waiting for? Demorph! Arbon didn't say anything. Thump, thump, thump. Open up. Power down, you fool. Arbon, what are you up to? Demorph! I yelled. I guess I hoped that yelling would make it happen. But I already knew. He stared at me through those shimmering red jelly eyes, and I knew. More quietly, almost begging, I said, Come on, Arbon, demorph. I really wish I could, Alfangor, he said. I really wish I could. Hello, Phantomorphs, and welcome back to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, I am your host, narrator, and everything else, Daniel. Uh, I'm back for this week, and then I'm gone again. Uh, sorry, it's Thanksgiving, and I'm doing some traveling for the holidays, so no episode next week, but after that, we will be back on schedule and releasing weekly as expected. Sorry for all the hiccups along the way, but... Uh, you know, what can you do? Life happens sometimes. Alright, so if you enjoy what I do here and you use uh, Apple Podcasts, of course, please leave me a rating and review. I would love to get more of those. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a growing number of Animorph podcasts out there, and I want to have more reviews than those guys. So if you like what I do here and you'd like to see some other stuff I do, you can visit theapocalypse.com that's the apocalypse like apocalypse but there's a d in the middle uh to see all the other stuff i do including my limited series new podcast into the badlands where me and my friend jesse do a rewatch of amc's martial arts post-apocalyptic action show into the badlands and uh in a week or two went depending on editing uh we will have our bonus episode out on jet lee's hero a lot of fun there 
Other than that, I don't really have too much else to say. Uh, if you'd like to reach me about this podcast, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. And I will see you all, not next week, but the week after that. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.